In this Teams Insider podcast, I talk to Alistair Pidd at Pure IP. We get into how Teams Phone is going in the large enterprise. So rolling out Teams Phone, adoption, some of the challenges, some of the things around the pace of change of Teams Phone, how enterprises are managing their teams to deal with operations and projects, and also what Microsoft could potentially do to help with the large enterprise. Alistair is Professional Services Director at Pure IP, and Pure IP are also the sponsor of this podcast. So we thank them very much for their support of everything at Empowering Cloud. On with the show. Everybody, welcome back to the pod. Looking forward to this one. I've got Alistair on from Pure IP. Alistair and I have a lot of offline conversations about what's going on with Pure IP customers, what's going on in the market. He's given me more than one tip of, have you seen this? message center item that's going to change the entire world oh yep that's quite important alistair do you just want to introduce yourself and give people a bit of context about your role at pure as you say tom i um, i work at prp and i look after a number of different teams that sit more on the sort of enterprise side prp's got lots of carrier based sort of services that we do but the teams i look after are the guys that configure teams or roll out the sbcs on site or the project managers that that kind of manage all those projects in. So we get a lot of uh, information around what's happening on the enterprise side, what's happening in terms of customers and how they're using things. So it's quite an interesting place to be, especially uh, drive some interesting conversations with yourself. Yeah. So I want to get into that because, yeah, you have a perspective on what some of the bigger customers are doing with Teams at like real scale. Where do you feel we are in Teams from like that journey of very early testing of phone system to default? tens of thousands of users phone system where where are we yeah see uh, that's been across a number of years now hasn't it and and what you've had since the inception of teams or teams phone system has been lots of people saying it doesn't do this and it doesn't do that and it's not ready it doesn't have a parity to an, an enterprise phone system but i think the reality is that what we need from an enterprise phone system has been changing and microsoft seems to be pretty good at giving people what they don't know that they need and then they, they take it up and- they're, all, they're always slightly ahead of the market i feel they're like don't worry about those features they're really important three years later you're like oh yeah it turns out we yeah. don't need 300 pbx features <laughs> Yeah, or I, I guess a good example of that sort of stuff is when you move from a, a more traditional phone system, a legacy type phone system with lots of different hunt groups for departments and stuff like that. That tends to fall away in teams, but it's hunt groups and pickup groups, they were something that, that and people administering those are legacy phone systems like must have this. And in some cases, you, you, you need it. But yes, yeah, it's some of those things that have fallen away. But I think that particularly maybe the last 12 months, there's really been uh, quite a big push and and you've seen teams maturing much more. There's all these different features that come in. There's been some great features this this year with um, with SIP gateway, shared calling, with administration of auto attendance. There's been some migration away from some legacy stuff to getting rid of Mm -hmm. the, the three pip stuff. So what you're seeing now is a much more mature product, but is also being deployed at, at scale. And you're seeing sort of real scale involved, which means there's all these negotiating, all, all the sort of change that occurs with Office 365. So I'd, I'd say it's now a, a, par- a parity state with some of these old phone systems in terms of what you want to get out of the system. I'd also say it's a mature product now, but needs a lot more management. And, and it's that management, I think, that's now coming to the party a little bit more in big enterprise and especially partner spaces. Yeah, the, the management thing is interesting. Like you say, SIP Gateway brought us in initially just felt like an option to hang on to your existing SIP phones. 
And then suddenly it was like, oh, we can do Dext. It's supposed to be around Gateway. We can do intercom and paging. Now we can do ATAs. When it first came out, I felt like it was just a transitory gateway. Now it feels like a core part of the service. And they just recently released the PowerShell for managing devices at scale on Tip Gateway as well. Yeah, there was a kind of interesting sort of enterprise partner sort of space on that because a lot of people were holding back from that three pip to SIP gateway move or even three pip to teams move because there was a few challenges with managing large volumes of handsets. You had uh, these old systems yep. that were managing all that, the, the poly systems and various other different uh, third-party systems were managing that state. And then you came into Teams and Teams wasn't quite up to the task of managing all So a lot of people were holding back. And then you had that dynamic whereby Microsoft said, let's go in. You've got to move. So you were faced with the, with the task of either migrating that old legacy estate across the th from 3PIP into SIP Gateway, which had quite a lot of uh, work involved, or refreshing your estate. But then the other side of it is some people were trying to minimize that estate. But the, the timescales that were involved, even when Microsoft released it, seemed like it was a long time away. But the reality was, yeah, it was still, there was still plenty of people still looking at it. <laughs> Enterprise does not move fast. And when you let them know something yeah. 24 months in advance, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. that's miles away. We, we, we'll be fine. You know what a typical project timeline is for you guys. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think SIP Gateway, first of all, SIP Gateway almost felt like it was pushed on us a little bit in terms of it was taking stuff away because 3PIP was going. Like you say, mm. it's then now opening up, especially this year. So we've talked about teams getting some real scale enterprises. Let, let's talk about that pace of change that you mentioned earlier because I think that's one of the challenges in our space is teams move so fast and there's some real tiny changes and there's some few huge changes how are you finding that with the big customers i think that there's been quite a few changes this year and uh, each one of them on the surface of it doesn't sound like it's, it's too far reaching because we've had the certificates we've had the sip gateway move to three pip we've had the extensions attributes we've had the normalization changes like none of those sound that bad but actually the reality is a lot of these kind of need to be unstitched in the background and because of that scale that we were talking about, they actually take quite a lot of planning. Even with certificates, there could be a, a lot of SBCs out there. With gateway migrations, there's a lot of handsets and the extension yeah. match different sort of blocks of users to change. I'm hoping really some of these kind of really big changes are going to continue because it's, it's quite a lot to keep up with. But I think it's been quite an eye-opener for that enterprise space and the partner space of, of these big changes occurring. Because of that scale, they, they take quite a long time to plan and then authorize. And then everyone is, is very concerned around the impacts of it because you know, service is all important. And, and now we've rolled this out to these big uh, estates. We need to make sure that it is stable. So rocking the boat with these changes, it isn't great. Yeah, I think Teams has, has met that maturity level that it, it's being rolled out at, at scale. And hence, it, all this big sort of change control is really required. There's a, a lot of overhead on managing estates now they've got this sort of size yeah and i think if you took a classic telephony team they're not used to being on the treadmill of change they had a box you occasionally maybe patched the box but mostly didn't you just avoided it and now it's oh in 180 days microsoft are changing how extension attributes work so <laughs> get yourselves together it's, what does that even mean that's where i was the your team come in with the enterprise customers and you can help them decode it. And it can scare people who don't understand well, what certificates are changing on the SBCs. We have SBCs. Do I need that? Don't I need that? How do I test that? It's, it's a lot. 
I think desk phones are a perfect example of that sort of new era of of phone systems, aren't they? Because they were really something that were, were quite easy to sit on desks, keep going, and they connected to the phone system. They were dealt with by the, the phone engineers or the, or the phone system team. But now they're, they're a whole different ball game. The, these things are coming in with Android. Android's going to be subject to onboarding. It's going to be subject to conditional access. You're getting all yeah. these identity management type teams involved. And because of the, the brevity and scale of Office 365 itself and the adoption with these big uh, enterprises, you could have quite a few different teams just to roll out some phones. And it's not the easiest thing to ever do. You, you see a phone, you think that should be quite simple to roll out, but it's not. It's yeah, I'm, so I'm, swapping, I'm swapping a Cisco phone for a Microsoft yeah. phone. Well, the Cisco phone was on a VLAN and got no yeah. near anything on the internet ever. And suddenly the Microsoft phone wants to bypass the proxy and get updated automatically from the cloud. And it's running Android. And who's responsible <laughs> yeah. for it? Is it the phone team or the devices team? Because it's in Intune, like that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So the, the complexities are, are definitely out there. Even though there's multiple teams because of the scale of this sort of stuff, it, it really does require a fairly intimate knowledge of how some of these services pin together to, to really na- navigate some of the change and navigate some of the, the sort of direction some of this stuff is going. Trust how it. are you seeing responsibilities break down in those enterprise customers? Is it, like I think Microsoft often think there's an M365 team. First of all, they think that everything is Microsoft, so they're like, it's M365 and that there's different teams. But, you know, phone used to be its own team. Then it got rolled into network with the IP stuff. Is it still there's a phone system team and a Teams collaboration team, or are you seeing those worlds merge? I think, like you say, when, when Office 365 first started around, that there were 365 teams out there, but because of that growing, you even get down to being AD, identity management team. In the UC space, you see a bit of an amalgamation in some cases of like network and voice um, or applications and voice, seeing voice as an application so that it's merged there. But I think al- almost always you see it um, collapsed in with that kind of meeting room space. So again, meeting rooms weren't always the phone system. I know it used to be facilities more often than yeah. not. They were the, they were responsible for that piece for a long while. That was a huge pain because they would pick yeah. what they thought was prettiest and didn't even know what the platform decision was. Yeah, I think it's not really a sort of uh, a static thing. It seems to be changing quite a lot, and, and, and companies and customers and partners are, are really reacting to that to try and make sure they can always kind of cover those gaps that we talked about because you need your people to understand all the different parts that some of these uh, say phone systems are going to hit. You need to be into some of these different areas and see so, yeah, that's probably driving some of the teams. I think another interesting thing, again, probably relating back to maybe the maturity of the product is there is definitely a drive for people looking at automation of this too. So in some respects, that, that kind of takes it away from being a traditional responsibility for a team and kind of moves it into other areas too, maybe development guys, maybe guys looking at API, that sort of stuff that trying to deal with some of these onboarding of, of phones, maybe onboarding of users, maybe the moves as in changes, maybe, maybe even just a sort of general configuration, trying to roll out faster. But there's all these options now with, with a sort of more mature cloud platform and cloud phone system. So I think that will, in time as well, start modifying some of these teams too. Yeah, I think you're entirely right. Like you, you think about like how you set up a user account these days, usually there's some kind of 
HR slash business XRM system where they create the identity, then that kicks into AD slash Office 365 slash Azure AD. And you wouldn't think about a different team provisioning them for SharePoint and Exchange. They're, they have a Microsoft 365 account, but then it stalls at Teams phone where they're like, oh, it needs a phone number. And there's a whole bunch of questions. I, I don't see many organizations genuinely having that end-to-end automation yet where it's someone new gets onboarded in Paris, they automatically get assigned a phone number and they get an email for their first day saying, hey, welcome, this is your phone number. But it's definitely achievable. The feature sets in Office 365 that you'll probably see in most of the different options now, there's options for sort of group policy assignment, that kind of thing. Microsoft have definitely had it on their radar and in their sites and then they're working towards it. Whether or not it's a, a finished article without a fair amount of kind of know-how at the moment is probably questionable, but it's probably, yeah. again, where it's heading just to have that optimized onboarding and that fast kind of creation of, of service, um, which, which is good. That's cool. There's something else I wanted to get your view on, because I know we're doing quite a lot of managed SBC customers now, like more and more. Obviously, with the push to the cloud, you might have argued that would start tipping downwards, but it seems like a lot of customers want to outsource that kind of responsibility now. That is a, a fair assessment of what, what you're seeing? Yeah, I suppose you could look at it that uh, Operator Connect finally gave companies the, the ability to simplify things. And, and uh, a lot of companies were, were crying out for that. They didn't necessarily want to get into the weeds with direct routing and didn't really want to have to understand an Operator Connect. It gives them that that perfect option. And again, talking back about automation, if, if you are going to look at automation, then uh, Operator Connect is going to be a, a bit easier for you to actually achieve that. But then uh, there are definitely areas that you can't hit with Operator Connect. And so hence the, the, the companies driving for this kind of global uh, single platform need this direct routing. So it makes sense that uh, these on-site type of SBCs or, or, or these um, SBCs that need to connect you into various different carriers uh, are managed because they have this complexity. All of a sudden, when Microsoft changed the, the certificates on you, you don't have to run around and figure out how to do it. It probably yeah. will fix it for you and, and, and it will get tested and, you, and you'll be fine. And again, with the attributes, if Microsoft changing the tribute, you don't have to get into the weeds of all this and figure it out. You've got a partner there that can actually fix that for you. People have got used to having cloud services that don't need that kind of feeding and watering of various different bits of kit. The SBCs kind of still need that, even though they're a little bit more out of sight. That sort of specialist person who can or team that can, can work on those, I think is still pretty critical. Yeah, and it's like you say, they need feeding and watering and they're a security endpoint that needs patching and monitoring and particularly because it's edge of network. Now, it's, it's edge of network into sometimes ISDN, sometimes SIP. But if it's edge of network and it's SIP, then that's a real thing that from a security standpoint, you haven't outsourced that problem to Microsoft. Is somebody looking at the activity on that bot? Is somebody patching it? Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think really uh, a lot of the partners that take out that kind of like managed service of that kind of area, they're, they're wanting to get that single platform, that global sort of coverage, but not really wanting that some of the complexity that go with it and wanting to make sure that all those kind of different um, problems are dealt with. Like you say, security is definitely one of them. Maybe even some of the uh, of different regulations trying to kind of make sure that some of that is covered. We're coming to time, but our last question I want to ask you, if I gave you a magic wand and you controlled teams and the development priorities and what you could do with it, from your point of view, what would you add or change to 
improve either your life or enterprise life? That's quite an interesting question. I think that there's a vast sort of feature set involved with Teams and with phone system now. And, and I would say it meets 90, 95% of most people's requirements. But there is one thing that, that does crop up quite a bit. It's the reporting and the information you get maybe from, from a sort of semi-real-time in Teams admin center or even a reporting whereby you're looking at historic stuff. And what tends to happen is enterprise customers roll out these features and functionalities, they have various kind of informal type call queues uh, that they're using for maybe support desks and, and that kind of stuff. And they're wanting to try and get to a, almost like a next level on their visibility of them. They're wanting to see the, the calls better through the queue, maybe graph them and dashboard them, mm-hmm. maybe see some of the wait times and all that kind of stuff. Alistair, thanks for sharing. I always appreciate jumping with you. You've always got a really good perspective. It's good to hear what's going on in those large enterprises. 